0: We'll tear your soul apart. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV
2: podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite.
0: Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Guys, welcome back to Syndicate. We're celebrating Halloween and. I have two great guests joining me today to talk about the Hellraiser, the Hellraiser, new and old. The first is a podcaster here in Chicago, Aaron Julian of WSTR. Welcome back to Syndicates.
1: Always a pleasure to be here. That's my pleasure. That's your pleasure? <laughs> That's my pleasure it's to be your on pain. your podcast. Okay. <laughs> One and okay. the same. And
0: the other is a photographer, Peter Casa. Welcome back to Syndicates.
2: Thanks for having me. Yes. It's also a pleasure. Sometimes a pain. Never a pain. I'm joking. Never a pain. <laughs> no. A little bit of both. It's always a pleasure. Thank you.
0: That's good. Okay, so we gather here today because we watched both Hellraiser, the original, and Hellraiser, the remake, from Hulu. So before we really get into these uh, movies, I want to ask both of you, how did you get into Hellraiser? Aaron, I know you're a big fan of Clive Barker, before <laughs> I just put that title on you.
1: yeah. You messaged me and you're like, so I heard you're a Clive Barker stand. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? How did this happen? <laughs>
0: you always talk uh, because we did the can- we did Jordan Peele episode and there was Candyman and you're like, yeah. Oh, Clive Barker's Candyman is so great. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then we did Silent Hill and I was like, you know, this is reminiscent of a Hellraiser scene. You're like, yeah, you know, Clive Barker's crazy with the body horror. And I was like,
1: he's a Clive Barker stand. I'm actually not. I like those movies, but I don't really like care much for the guy. Okay. Not that I, I don't know, I'm just indifferent, but uh, those movies I do enjoy, um, and <clears throat> I can't remember how I saw the original Hellraiser, um, it was years ago, but I was more into movies as like an active hobby back then, where I'm like, I got a list and I'm going to work my way down the list, nice. and that that ended up on there for one reason or another, and I just really enjoyed it. Then I heard, like, all the other sequels were garbage, so I, like, didn't even bother (laughs) to watch those. Oh, my God. And I'm like, man, there's, like, nine movies. Right. No. It's, like, one every other year. Yeah. Hellraiser 10. Yeah. Jeez. And now this reboot. Remake? Reconfiguration. Oh, my God. (laughs) Reconfiguration. Yep. That's what Clive Barker called it instead of a remake. (laughs) He said that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Which I'm like, part of me thinks, like, okay, that's neat. But then I'm like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pete. How did you get into
0: the Hellraiser franchise? How, how did you hear about it for the first time?
2: Well, I was never into it. <laughs> <laughs> I was never into Hellraiser. It's going, um, it's going great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this episode's off to a flying start. Um, anyways, so I always knew who Pinhead was. Right. I always saw like the Pinhead around Halloween time. Mm-hmm. I think our uncle had a Pinhead mask, like full silicone mask, growing up. And I was like, that's creepy looking. What's that from? Never knew what the actual pinhead character was from growing up until a handful of years ago. Um, I first saw the first movie because of this podcast episode. Nice. I had no urge to actually watch Hellraiser. Um, I'll be honest. I was not a fan of the first one of the original. I think it could have been much, much better. Interesting. Yes. This is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> I felt like it was um, very
0: campy and cheesy and just. Man, we're getting into it. Oh, man. Yeah. We're diving no right in. There, there's,
2: <laughs> there's definitely going to be a, a yin and yang to this conversation. I feel yeah. Like.
0: Okay. All right. Wow. Well, I'm going to share that sentiment with you because I never saw Hellraiser until this episode. Cause like I'm putting together the Halloween uh, schedule for this year and we were supposed to do Saw. We did do Saw and I kept on seeing commercials for the new Hellraiser. I knew there was going to be a new Hellraiser. I knew, I knew about Pinhead. I didn't really know much about him other than the aesthetic, like what you just said, Pete. Um, but I knew that the new Pinhead was going to be a woman. So I was like, okay, Interesting. And I kept on seeing commercials for the movie. And I was like, what am I doing? This looks pretty interesting. I want to talk about this movie. So I was like, Peter, I know we're supposed to do Saw. Do you want to do Hellraiser? And you were like, yeah. It's like, yeah. And I was like, Aaron, I heard you're a big Clive Barker (laughs) fan. And you're like, I'm not. I'm like, well, do you, well, first I was like, you know, you like Hellraiser, right? And you're like, uh, I like the first one. Yeah. Are you interested in seeing the remake? And you're like,
1: I guess. And I was like, you want to come on? Okay. Yeah. If I'm given a good excuse to do something, I'll do it. But <laughs> agreed. If, 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 yeah. Here's the thing about people recommending stuff to me. Yeah. I'll almost never watch it okay. because I want to be able to like discover it myself. That's Uh-oh. a big draw to me. Okay. But if there's like a secondary thing like that, watching that movie enables me to do, then I'll do it. because I, I like hanging out with you and I like being on your podcast. Oh, thank you. And it's like, that gives a, that's enough of a structure for me to be like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, like,
0: I saw these movies back-to-back. Um, saw the f- original Hellraiser, and then I saw the remake. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, they are two very different animals. Yes. They're similar in Agreed. many ways. Agreed. Different in many ways. But, like, it's still, at the end of the day, the Hellraiser story. Yes. So, do we want to get into the Hellraiser story now? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay. So, Aaron, I'm going to... Nominate you, could you pitch me Hellraiser 1987 to someone that has never heard of Hellraiser before? What would you say to that person?
1: Okay, so you have this sleepy seaside town in London or Pittsburgh (laughs) or somewhere and a town, a town. (laughs) And you have this you have this house where uh, this couple whose relationships on the rocks they move into, they take it over from their deadbeat brother, brother in law. And uh, you realize that some really weird fucked up stuff has happened in that house, Yes. Um, which has resulted in the brother's death. But through some weird supernatural stuff, his body starts to reconstitute itself from being torn apart. And turns out that the lady in this relationship uh, had an affair with this guy quite a while ago, and she wants it back. She wants that dick. She wants a good hard fuck. <laughs> this movie's about the lengths that she goes to get it back. And so you have this room in this house where if blood is spilled on there, this guy is able to like use it to reconstitute his body. So there you have the setup. Wow. She wants her old flame back. He wants his body back. And so they have to basically kill people in this room to reconstitute his corpse before these supernatural entities called the Cenobites yes. managed to find him and kind of, like, reclaim him. Wow. And that's the setup.
0: That's the setup for Hellraiser 1987. Yes. Now, Pete, I want you to describe Hellraiser 2022 okay. to someone that has never how seen Hellraiser I, before. How
2: do I best do this? Um, let's see. It takes place in modern day, yes. and we start off with a extravagant party with a fine art collector, billionaire type. And within this party, we see all these different kinds of pleasures happening, whether it's like an orgy, which I think I saw in one of the rooms as this guy was walking through this mansion. Maybe. Maybe something like that. But the movie itself is all around... um, Shit, I really don't know how to describe this, man. Like, I feel like it's similar to the original that you just described, but at the same time, it's its own... Like mystery to me because you don't fully learn about these cenobites. Is that what we call them? Mm-hmm, yeah. What they're called until much later in the film. As right. in, the first film it's presented pretty quickly. Like, they don't know how to dis- like distinguish pain from pleasure and everything right. else. So, that comes into play much later on. And it, it's like this horror, thriller, mystery, really. And it's right. hard, hard for me to really describe this one. To yeah. someone that hasn't watched it.
0: Cause like looking at the two films, like the first one is very Lovecraftian. It's very mm-hmm. similar to the movie we watched Aaron from, from Beyond Beyond. It's almost the same movie. We have some dude that's into I, I guess BDSM. Some
2: weird stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, would say BDSM for sure. Yeah. Like
0: with the eighties, I don't know what it was their obsession with uh, BDSM, but Leather like, and Chains so, and So many. Hedonism. Movies. Yeah. Yep. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I guess the 80s was all about access and yep. BDSM finds itself right in there in the sexual uh, arena. So, with the first film, it's like dude is trying to find pleasure to the nth degree by finding it from beyond. Yep. Right.
2: He's trying to find the ultimate pleasure.
0: Yeah. Ends up finding too much and gets fucked over by For, the from, a, from a different realm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets fucked by <laughs> right. a different right. realm. And, you know the whole supernatural element is presented immediately and then with the new one it's like the supernatural entity is there but like we find out about these characters first and they're mm-hmm. like teenagers or young right. 20s and we learn about their dynamics and their struggles and their issues right. and then the fantastical is dropped you get in. the whole like teenage angst storyline
2: right that's in every movie like whether it's scream or anything else where like teenagers are the main characters and you get their drama first. It has nothing to do with the horror at all. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, so you can create some sort of dynamic connection with them. Right. And then you get this supernatural force that comes into play.
0: Yeah. Like, so let's get into the first film because I have a lot to say about that movie. And then we can get into the the remake reconfiguration soft reboot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so this is my first time watching Hellraiser 1987 and this was not at all what I expected from this film. Hmm. What I expected was what I got in the 2022 version, Okay, which Pinhead was the main antagonist and with Hellraiser 1987, he was not. Right. He was definitely an ancillary character. He was almost kind of an anti-hero. Because there's this line that he says, I believe, near the end of the movie, where he's like, I am a demon to many, an angel to some, something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, interesting. I always thought of him as like this creature, kind of like a Jason or Michael Myers. Yeah. Where he's like killing people. And, he's, and like I knew about the line, I will tear your soul apart. Yeah. And this, it's like he has one aim, and it's to get the guy that escape from his clutches.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's kind of key to understanding the first movie is knowing that this is like right in the middle of the golden age of slasher films mm. and you have a bunch of these slasher movie villains um you know your Freddy, your Jason, Michael Myers and they're more or less just like bent on destruction and like killing and they have like different flavors to it. The Cenobites are interesting because they're especially the the hell priest as Clive Barker calls him pinhead <laughs> um is much more like intelligent and uh it's not so much like bent on like killing for killing's sake but the cenobites in general just more like morally gray mm-hmm. um especially in the first one where they're like you know, they're, they're, they're basically just like operating according to rules and laws in place. Right. Um, and to them, it's like it doesn't really make a difference, like pain versus pleasure. They're just like trying to they're explorers of sensation. I think is, how, is the line. PTSD. Um, yeah, they're trying to like
2: they're explorers of, ex, of ex, uh, experience. That's what it was.
1: Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, they're trying to push the limits of like find the limits of physical sensation and like transgress those limits. Um, I think Clive Barker described, at least in the first one, like, um, hell is a prison and the Cenobites are like the prison guards and Pinhead is like the prison warden. Mm. And so because this guy, Frank, um, basically interacted with this puzzle box, which kind of like opened up this realm and like summoned them, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he got torn apart, but somehow kept living and is like trying to escape his final fate. Mm-hmm. Uh they're basically just trying to like get the prisoner back into prison. So they okay. they're they're much more like um amoral gray rather than in this new one it feels like they're just kind of like looking to trick people and they're into like mm-hmm. pain for pain's sake. Like pleasure isn't even a part of it, which I, I guess we'll get into, but yeah. um yeah the Cenobites are very much uh stand apart as slasher movie villains. Um, in in a way that I think really distinguishes them from just another kind of like movie monster, right? Like, I don't,
2: I mean, I'll uh, you know, intercept this. I don't even see them as villains. Mm-mm. I just see them as people, or let's just say beings that are interested in how far a body can be pushed, and that's why. Right. And that's why they look the way that they look. You know, like yes. So I took it as, um. You open up this portal with this puzzle box because mm-hmm. you're looking for, what was it? Sensation or something like experience, mm-hmm. experience. And they're like, okay, you were seeking this out. We found you. Why would we let you leave? Yeah, Is we're, we're going to give it to you. Because you want this. Because in the first one, Frank, his name's Frank, right? The, main, mm-hmm. the dude that dies in the yep. first two minutes. Um, the, the British New Yorker. Right, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So he, he basically says that he experienced the deepest pleasures that you can experience but also like the deepest pain Mm -hmm. and in the first two seconds you seem like get torn to shreds so i'm thinking he's like in this limbo state where he can be torn apart but also brought back together like infinite times and he's experiencing all these different things oh my god that's how i took it Mm, and these three beings are like okay yeah you wanted this we'll we'll do this to you for infinity and then he probably had enough of it and escaped and he's like, fuck this. I'm trying to go back to the real world and boom.
1: Wow. Yeah. And they kind of get into that with, um, something Voight, John Voight. No, that's the second one. Yeah. The, with that the one. art collector. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richard Voight, something like that. Yeah, I think it's Richard Voight. Um, Dick Voight. Yeah. He, and <laughs> yeah, I actually like how they presented it in that movie. Cause, uh, he basically gets like one wish because of this puzzle box and uh he chooses like the ultimate sensation mm-hmm. and he gets this like machine implanted in his torso that's like linked up to all of his nerves and are like mm-hmm. constantly like twisting and grinding them mm-hmm. so he's just like basically tortured like incessantly mm-hmm. um it's like the monkey's paw he got his yeah. wish but not how
0: he intended it
1: yeah because he wanted pleasure right but they don't really even get into that with the with the second movie um it, it's it's not even about sex in the second movie. Not really. Like it, it just, it felt like they took all that out of it. Lame. Um, I feel like it was hinted
2: in the beginning when you see like the party that's going on. It's like the
1: party and the orgy. orgy. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So like you see all these different channels that you could tap into for any kind of pleasure really. And that's kind of like hinted like, yeah, if you want sex, you can go after sex. If you want you know, power, you can go after power, anything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the sex was out of it, which was the main focus in the first one. It really was. Yeah, and in the first one, I was like, "Yeah, there's sex-driven in this, like, from the main characters, and also like the supporting characters, like the movers are helping this couple move in, right. and they're checking out the wife, and I'm just like, okay, one, the wife and the is, daughter, the wife is not hot.
0: She I'm was like, hot for 1987. No, yeah, not this, at all. This
2: is 80s hot. Not 80s hot. That was not <laughs> 80s hot. But then the daughter, like, it's like the characters in the first movie that are sexually driven are more just like perverts than anything. Yeah. And like the movers, for example, the one guy's like, Oh, it's my lucky day when the daughter comes in yeah. and is like looking for her parents or like whatever. And I was like, this is times weird. were different Yeah, back then <laughs>
1: that that part has not aged well. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think with the first one uh there's a reason they're, the Cynobites are dressed up in leather. It's it's about BDSM. Mm-hmm. And you, have, you also have to remember that BDSM was a much more edgy, taboo thing back of then course. than it was now.
0: Still is today, but not to that
1: extent. You have Fifty right. Shades of Grey, which was the highest,
0: best-selling book series in a while. Yeah. So, like, it, it tabs into something now, but, like, back then it was like, ooh... It's taboo. I wear leather, black leather trench coats, and big stompers, and, yeah. and piercings. Now it's like, oh, you're just. But here's a the goth thing. But here's
2: the friends. thing. What's gonna sell better, B, uh, BDSM from a billionaires aspect, or BDSM from like a degenerate's aspect? I think that's why Fifty Shades exploded. Oh, Christian Grey. It, it was because it was you, have, up. you have yeah. the, you have you the BDSM. Because you hard to expect it, him to. To do
0: all that. But you do expect him to do all that because mm -hmm. he's a CEO of a company. Of course he wants control. Of course he wants to be dominant, but go on.
2: Well, a lot of CEOs of companies are actually submissives in real life.
0: Yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. Because you know this. Because they have to give. Because I dated a dominatrix. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, my clientele, you would not believe who's in here. I can't tell you who's in here. Mm -hmm. But like people of power.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. People of power love to give up power in their private lives.
1: Yeah, that's the power mild. exchange mm-hmm. dynamic of BDSM. Yep. And we kind of get that with uh, Frank and the Cenobites where he basically has to submit himself to them in order to experience this like new level of pleasure and pain. Um, and and that's it too, the pleasure and pain aspect where um, with BDSM you have like the application of pain which like heightens sensations of pleasure in the other direction. It's very much like mm-hmm. two sides of the same coin. But in this new Hellraiser that's not really the point of it. Um, like they tell you that Voight is a hedonist and wild debauchery and everything, but you see it in like a Google search and they don't actually like show any of it. Right. Um, yeah, it just feels like so neutered, neutered from that. And so in result, what we see in the movie is that he's basically just like tricked into experiencing pain, much like all the other victims, uh, in the movie. It's, it's, just kind of like happenstance. It's not like they're pursuing pleasure. Like that's not even a part of it. And the scene, about, they have some dialogue that says like, you know, pleasure, pain. There's no difference. But I don't know. They don't really show it the way that they do in the original, which mean, which to me felt like they're kind of missing a core part of BDSM as a theme. Um, but yeah, that's that's my take of it.
2: Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. Like you're definitely spot on.
1: Um, you, you also have to remember in for the original. Um, you have something called the MPAA and, uh, if there's two things they absolutely hate together, it's sex and violence. Like you can have a sexy movie, you can have a violent movie, but when you try to mix the two, that's when they get really, really squeamish real quick. So, um, the original Hellraiser might in part seem like a bit tame compared to something today that you right. would get, mm-hmm. but it's because of that mix of the two where they really had to cut it back in order to not have an X rated movie. That makes a lot of sense
2: exactly you'd have some crazy like nc-17 movie then right
1: yeah yeah and it, it got to the point where they were like you can have frank thrusting two times but not three because mm-hmm. that's that's just too far really yeah, yeah. oh my god and they would have to like cut out shots of like um what's her name julia hitting dudes with a hammer like they had to like chop out like some frames of that yeah
0: i mean it's like it's annoying. Why?
1: The, the MPA is makes like these rules. <laughs> it sounds like made up rules to me. It's very arbitrary. It, 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 if you want to get into that, like check out the, the movie. This film is not yet rated. It's all about like how the MPA a or I guess it's MPA now. They, it's MPA. They, they dropped one of the A's now. But um, <laughs> how they like make their rating decisions and like what goes into it and how arbitrary it is. Um, it's really fascinating, but yeah, they, well, about the tone, they, right? It's not actual content, or like it's just uh, how they feel. Yeah, I mean that's kind of where we get the the rule of like a PG thirteen movie. You can have one fuck, but it can't be like I it was a, two. You can it's have one. one, but you can't have it in a sexual context. Mm-hmm. So you could say, "Oh fuck, they're coming," but you can't say, "Oh fuck, I'm coming." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought it was two because there's a movie with John Travolta that came out. I want to say like. And when we were in high school or college, I think he plays like a cop or something. And they're talking about the movie. Like they, they break the fourth wall okay. and they say that, that they can only say fuck twice for this PG-13 movie. And he's like, that's the first one so far. <laughs> and <it's>
1: like, <laughs> so, so, something like that. I think they can say it twice. That might have been a joke. It, and I don't even know if it's a hard and fast rule. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like what directors have figured out with the MPA uh, as far as like what they can get away with. Um, I don't know if they have like a codified set of rules, but it's basically you submit a movie and they're like, uh, yeah, trim this, this, and that, or it's going to be R or trim this, this, and that. And it could be a PG 13. So. So I think what we have to do is infiltrate the MPA
0: (laughs) and change the rules from the inside out.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, very, very infamously, they're squeamish about sex and violence mixed together. Is it because there's a lot of
2: sexually driven violence in the real world?
1: Maybe, I think it's it's more of a puritanical thing. It has to be. Because um, who's in the MPA? Probably old people. Right? Yeah,
0: it's... So it's an old guard trying to hold on to their values, and it's like, well, we can't have sex and violence. That's crossing the streams. We're going to create serial
2: killers. I'm trying to think yeah. of something that I've seen that has an equal sex and violence, like, to the extreme.
0: Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious.
1: Maybe There's no sex in those movies. Maybe Basic Instinct. Basic instinct. Although that's that? more yeah. that's more yeah. sex than violence, but yeah, that um was that uh was that crazy Dutchman? The crazy Dutchman, crazy Dutchman. Made, made RoboCop. Oh, Verhoeven. Uh, yeah, Peter Bearhoven. Um, yeah, he he had a hell of a time getting that movie made. He had to cut so much. RoboCop. No, well, yes, but also uh, Basic Instinct. Oh,
0: oh, yeah, he did mm-hmm. do that.
1: Yeah, um, which they do have a penis in that movie. That's like. There's a dick? Yeah. A real dick. A real dick. There's
2: real dicks in uh Nymphomaniac. Yeah. Well
1: that's that's now.
0: In the
2: title.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um and and there's uh there's a penis in the new Hellraiser. Is there? Yeah. Right at the when? end. Right at the end when he's Oh, uh, when, he's, oh when, he's, yeah. <laughs> when he's becoming like I that, could, I, that like Christ like yeah. figure. I will say that's barely a penis. Yeah. It's they're just like, I could see why he was going for pleasure. <laughs> he had no dick, uh, yeah, they, a little nub. They scooted by that real quick. Um, that, I, I, I want to see the dick and the balls. I don't know if you noticed in the um, <laughs> in the original Hellraiser, like when he gets torn apart in the beginning and they have those pillars that are just like spinning and they have like body parts like nailed to them. Yeah, there's some huge cocks in there. Really? Just, like, dildos? Just, like I don't know if they're meant well, to be not dildos real. or real ones but oh, yeah. yeah just cock and balls just on there really <laughs>
2: see i thought that was like one of the cheesiest parts of the first hellraiser okay there's this like spinning Get pillar it, of just like body parts on this pillar and it's like spinning like a keurig coffee pod spinner that you have on your <laughs> countertop in your kitchen yeah and it's just it's spinning and spinning and like the camera zooms in on it and it's just like is that supposed to like like make me not want to watch and be scared. Like, is that supposed to be like
0: gross to me? Like back then, it was.
2: I feel like there's even things back then that or is were it
0: setting the mood. It wasn't even it's going for the vibes.
2: It, it wasn't even like a to me. It wasn't even like a vibe. It was just like because there was no.
0: You're like this is fucking lame.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm not try, I'm, I'm not picking up what they're trying to put down, and because typically when you have like a horror movie or something that is supposed to be scary or like. A thriller like that like a dark thriller you also have like an auditory aspect to it and that's like that drives that that feeling that emotion but all you hear is just this pillar rotating Mm -hmm. and you just see like the fake blood and the fake body parts on it and you're just like oh i saw that in the you know aurora haunted house back in 2005 (laughs) when i (laughs) got scared in high school
0: yeah yeah Hmm. aaron i'm gonna be honest with you okay I didn't like the first one either. Oh. Yeah, true. Same. I'm sorry. I'm, and there's things that I liked about it. There's yeah. things I liked more about it than the new one. But there are things that I did not like. And let me get into it. I'll sum it up like this. Hellraiser 1987 is like the Lifetime movie version of like the new one. Yes.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. True.
0: Like I'm watching it and I'm like, this is cheesy. Cutting me down to the
1: bone here. And I'm like,
0: I've heard so many great things about this film. This is Hellraiser. This is Pinhead. Pinhead's barely in it. Mm-hmm. And the drama of like the woman, which I think is cool, that she's like a serial killer and she's like luring guys into like the house. Yeah. So like her ex uh could like harvest so the she's blood. She's the true villain. She is the true villain. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting Pinhead to be the true villain. I was expecting something like Freddie. Uh, Kruger and it wasn't which I'm not going to detract the movie from there because it's just my own uh, preconceived notions but like the quality of the filmmaking for Clive Barker's directorial debut I was a little I was left a little bit lackluster
1: yeah I can understand that Um, to me what I really appreciate that movie is how focused it is um, where it's it's not even about the Cenobites. It's about this like fucked up love story mm-hmm. between Julia and Frank, and the Cenobites are basically just like um, they're making the story happen. They're like ancillary to the main story, but that's right. why I think it works so well. Um, and you know, it's not a perfect movie. I think it the weakest part of it to me was like the daughter um, and how like she gets involved with the story. Yeah, she, she kind of only either. she only mainly gets involved like two thirds of the way through. Yep. And I think it would have been better if this story, if this movie had like a single point of view, Um it kind of bounces around between like Frank and Julia. Yeah. And then like uh, the daughter, Kirsty later. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, whose story is this?
2: For me, it fell story. apart in like the first five minutes. Oh, because that's yeah, rough. yeah. I was like, because you're like, Oh, as soon as the lack of the first transition happened, from when Frank buys this cube, when he goes into his like little seance like candle thing, yeah. So he's he's in like Indonesia or something, and he buys North Africa. He's in North Africa, <laughs> buying it from a Chinese man. From, from a Chinese. <laughs> That's why I thought it was like Indonesia, like, and the Chinese guy is like. What is your pleasure? That was, a, that was like a Mexican voice, but anyways.
0: Um, hey, cabron, what's your pleasure? He's like, hey, cabron, what do you want your pleasure? Me, <laughs> cerveza, I like tacos, <laughs> burritos, burrito.
2: I'll give you a burrito. <laughs> um, but anyways, he basically buys his puzzle box, and as soon as like he makes the you know exchange like money for the box, blah blah, it the movie cuts directly to this like seance i'm like hold on who's this guy he didn't like the editing i'm like the editing sucks ass that's actually what i liked about it <laughs> they don't waste your fucking time but i'm like i'm like who is this guy what's this guy selling this box for talking about pleasure why are we in will find out a like dark room all questions a, will be answered. like really shitty attic. i mean the house itself was a pretty nice house and he chooses like this like shitty
0: attic that is just, like, gross. You know why? To do a seance. Because he's keeping and, it in the closet. Oh keeping God. it out of view. <laughs> You're not going to do this Goodness. in the living room. But here's You're not going to have your secrets exposed but, to the world. But here's the thing: to do it in the deepest, darkest corners. When,
2: when Frank's brother and wife go into the home, what's in the living room? All of his weird shit that he likes. Oh,
0: that debunks my thing. Yeah. So yeah. this yeah.
2: guy could have done this shit anywhere else in the house, chooses this, like, unfinished un it's just a bare bones room
0: it is a representation of his brain because he's an <laughs> unhinged man and he does it in a decrepit room because on the inside that's who he is yeah, yeah
1: you gotta you gotta hand wave it a little bit just because mm-hmm. like the movie has to happen and it's like yeah if it happens in that room then you can get away with like murdering people up there For it's sure. like eh, it's fine yeah
2: <laughs> but then you get into like the whole love story between frank and the wife well, the, the cheating wife. She's not and
0: cheating. Well, I guess she is. But anyways. like, we didn't get into that. Frank is the brother right. of her new husband. Right. Yeah. Right. Frank died, and, and she they, married right his brother. And they mm. have
2: an affair the day before their wedding, and like you of. know why? Because it's
0: very obvious. I'm sorry. Frank is like, he's like a bad boy. He's a bad yeah. boy, and, and he knows how to fuck. And no, yes. but he's like, but he's like, and the new guy fucking well, is scared of blood.
2: <laughs> right. here's the thing. Frank shows up in the rain. And he's like drenched and his brother's not home, but his fiance's there. Somehow the fiance's never met the brother, never had an, an idea the brother exists. And he's like, I'm Frank, so-and-so's brother. And she And then he's like was like, damn. And then and he's like, <laughs> Can I come in? I'm here for the wedding. And then he's just and, that and then, fucking hot. And then, <laughs> and then like they have like a, a drink or something, and he's like, so He's like, "Am I gonna kiss the bride?" Or something. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" It's like an '80s porno. Like, this is fucking cheesy, man. You didn't see the way that she was looking at him. Oh god, that she looked
0: more like a clown than anything to me. She wanted some real dick. <laughs> from a real. The <laughs> guy was like, from man. A "Man, the guy
2: was like, I just came back from Turkey. Not the country. I just
0: ate a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Frank." <laughs> She's like, "Damn,
1: I've been missing out my whole life." My name's Frank. I have a tank. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Um, no, I. And that's what's interesting to me is like the, the the husband of Julia is like, he's not like a bad man. He's just kind of, he's kind of a dope. He's incompetent. Yeah. But, you know, he's not like a lesser movie would have been like, you know, he's a abuser or just like an obvious asshole. Yeah. But no, he's just kind of a guy. He's a typical
2: guy. average Joe.
1: Yeah, and but it, she doesn't want that. In right. comparison to that, her his mm-hmm. brother far more attractive, and that's what she really wants. And he wants a hot dude. They what? don't even look like brothers at all. Like hey. there's nothing. Hey. Like, who cares? It's, it's cinema. It's cinema. <laughs> 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 one of them's hot, and one of them's <laughs> not. Nice. One of them's rich, and one's poor. Yeah. <laughs> um. No. What What really got me is that I I thought the acting in the original was like far far superior. To what we got? Wait, really? In the main one? Oh yeah. I thought it was oh I don't garbage. Agree with that. I thought it was absolute just. No, I thought I thought Julia was great. The way like when she has to like lure people in to like murder them mm-hmm. in order to restore Frank. Like I thought she acted much the same way like anybody would act who like didn't want to murder people but was forced to.
2: Yeah, I get that. At the same time, there's better seductive characteristics I've seen in other characters, like in The Graduate. Like that's a better seductress than what this character was in. But Hell that's Razor. not
0: the, the point. Is it's not that she's like a smoke show. She's just a woman. But somehow every man in the movie thinks she's a smoke. Guy. I'm sorry, I just don't find. <laughs> <it>. I don't <laughs> at think all. they do. I think it's just like they're at a bar and this girl is like giving them attention. It's like, well, oh yeah, true. Might as well. And and these th- men aren't attractive.
1: <laughs> and None as of the
0: men are attractive. <laughs> no, it's the 80s, right?
1: And, and as we learn at the except end, except for Frank.
0: Frank's attractive. Frank's yes. Yeah.
1: But as we learn at the end, Frank um actually the daughter's kind of hot lie, <laughs> for the 80s. Um well as we learn at the end, Frank is not doesn't really want to be with her again. He's basically like right. using her right to He's using her how she's using the guys to get him back.
2: Exactly. Hey.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just a vicious cycle of people using each other. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end, so like she's luring all these people so he drains their blood, reconstructs his body, mm-hmm. and then at the end he kills her
1: yeah yeah bing bong there's a bit of a there's a bit of a switcheroo where um frank basically wants his brother to be the last victim so that he, he has like everything restored except like his face so he wants his brother to be the last victim um and then like his transformation will be complete well i think he was just
2: like he was very desperate for one more human yeah and the wife was like oh I'll kill your brother, blah, blah,
1: blah. And like, but she doesn't want to.
2: She just doesn't want to. She feels bad. Yeah. Because she loves him. Yeah. Yeah. But she's she, also like, I need Frank back.
1: Yeah. She's like, well, that's a that dick. Yeah. She, she's like, we'll figure it out. We won't kill him. We'll get somebody else. And he's like, you better hurry up because, yeah. like, I don't know when these Cenobites are going to be back. Right. Meanwhile, the daughter has discovered the puzzle box, which has summoned them in the first place. And she's like, fucking around with it and uh, basically falls into the trap of the Cenobites. And they're like, okay if you didn't summon us like on purpose and like we have to claim somebody. So it's either going to be you or somebody else. And so she has gotten like some premonitions, some visions that like her father is going to be one of the victims. So she runs back and she's trying to care for her dad and she's already too late. Dad's dead. And, but Frank has like tried to, he basically reconstructed himself to look like the brother I just figured he, like, took his skin off and put it on his body. That
0: might have happened, but there's too
1: much. Because, like, there's, like, a seam
0: next to his ear. Uh,
1: I thought he, like, grew it back, and, like, it wasn't, like, it was kind of a sloppy job. But that probably makes more sense. Yeah. TPH. So, then, so, yeah, there's a bit of a switcheroo, and it's kind of where the story fell apart for me. There's like a bit of switcheroo so that they could trick the daughter into thinking like everything was okay. Mm-hmm. And I think Julia and Frank meant to like use that, basically get her out of there and then make their escape. Okay. But it doesn't go well, so they have to like trap her or kill her. And then that's when Frank turns on Julia. And then the Cenobites end up uh, catching Frank and getting the revenge. Right. <laughs> and, and that's when we get like the, the worst effects of all time. At the end, <laughs> where they just have like uh I, I the, the little, the little yellow like lightning lines just like like going yeah. all over them, yeah, um although <laughs> it's eighties the they they had run out of money, and the studio was Are like serious, yeah, they'd run out of money, and the studio was like, uh-uh, no more money, so Clive Barker and like one of the editors like basically did all those effects in a weekend, and they were very, very drunk, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> so it's like uh. Eh. The effects up to that point were fantastic. I thought, especially when Frank is like first reformed into a. Well, first of all, the going just from blood to like the skeleton, and he's like dragging himself around on his hands. Yeah, um, excellent work. Mm-hmm. And when Frank is like a zombie state, and he's talking to Julia, um, and he's like all darkly lit and stuff. Like, I thought that was fantastic. Right, but then it's like the worst effects of all time when they're when kirstie's trying to like fight against the cenobites and they get like blasted away by energy and it's just like little like lightsaber lines just like around their silhouettes and (laughs) then they just go poof poof, and it's like okay (laughs) so yeah kind of fails in that regard but um i i I said earlier i really like the focus of the first one because it's just like it's 90 minutes they waste no time in trying to like like bog you down with details and lore and backstory they don't they very rarely just straight up tell you what's going on it's much more show don't tell Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: they kind of trust you to put the pieces together right this new movie it felt like they had to like beat you over the head with everything and just explain everything in in detail and i'm gonna be honest with you yep i like that you like that because like in the first movie
0: um you know me, I'm all about show, don't tell. Yep. And with this but at the end of the movie I was like, I don't really know anything about Pinhead, or the Cenobites. I don't really I wanna know I was left wanting more. I was like, I wanna know That's more. the point, Armand. That's how I was too. <laughs> but like I was like this movie's called Hellraiser, like the dude's on the cover, like I was yeah. expecting a movie all about him and it wasn't. He was just like in the background and like yeah, I was just left wanting more so like in the new movie where they do they take their time doing these expositions it's like oh you're fleshing out the world that I wanted to know about
1: yeah that's that's fair but the new movie gets the benefit of having like nine movies worth of lore to pull from right so it can kind of like put that all together for you There's that. Um and I think part of it is just a problem of expectations and revisiting old movies that have like a franchise worth of stuff on top of it mm-hmm. where I think Hellraiser the original is almost a victim of its own success where it's like oh. it's it's a story about a fucked up love story but who are you going to put on the poster when you have like the most iconic design ever <laughs>
2: <laughs> true yeah true
1: so I think you know if that the movie is the only one that that you have then I don't I don't think you're going to be disappointed but that it wasn't more about the Cenobites but when you have uh, all of these movies worth of lore that have been built up and you have such an iconic design that's become like the centerpiece of it. I can understand why you might be let down by watching the first one.
2: Okay. So you're talking about all this lore. What's the other lore that comes out of like the other movies? Because I have no idea of what that is.
1: Uh, you get a lot of it in the new one, but um, the idea is that the Cenobites are like this religious order of, I guess, supernatural beings um like they said demons to some angels to others um and uh don't laugh but they're part of the order of the gash mm-hmm. and um they're 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 very much focused on um pain and pleasure being like two sides of the same coin and looking to push the boundaries of what people can experience and these cenobites are actually like former humans who have basically gone beyond the limits and, uh, at the center of it all is this like puzzle box, which, uh, as they explained in the new movie has like seven different configurations, I think seven. Um, mm. yep. Makes sense. And, and they uh, all
0: have different meanings with each right. configuration. Seven is a divine number, Aaron. Yes. The number of completion. Yeah. Took so seven days to
1: <laughs> create the universe. Exactly. So all those configurations, um, are not in the first one. It's just like, uh, eh, you move some shapes around and boom, it's, it's mm-hmm. solved which is a pet peeve of mine, like they don't show show anyone actually like solving it. It's more like, like they're not trying to like figure out patterns and like, yeah. And see like how they line up. They just kind of like fuck with it until it changes. Right.
2: And with each different like change in the first one, I felt like every change resulted in a different Cenobite. Like each Cenobite had its own configuration to the actual brick
1: or box. Right. Uh, Not exactly. It's more just like when you solve the puzzle, it, establishes that connection between this world and theirs. Mm-hmm. Um with this new movie, uh you need like a human sacrifice for each level of configuration until you get to the final one and then once you complete it then you basically get your wish which you can choose from a menu based on the different configurations and they all mean something. Mm-hmm. All that lore was like added on with as far as I understand all these other movies that show up Um, so this new movie kind of benefits from that. My problem is, is that they just like dump all this exposition on you when first she does like a Google search on this Voight guy, but then like stumbles upon his, he basically like kept a diary of all his, uh, experiments with it. And he just like very clearly writes out in text, like audience with God. It's like, okay, we get it. Yep. It was just enough for him to like, At the beginning, sacrifice this dude then look up to the heavens and say, like, you know, um, he's like calling upon the Leviathan. It's like, cool, we got it. We don't need it like spelled out.
2: And that's what I kind of connected later on. It's like when you figure out his diary, like later on in the movie, when the guy was like, oh, do I get a prize now for figuring this out? He's like, no, but I do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, what's this guy trying to do with this? and yeah, we figure out like, oh, he wants to be this like god figure or something. That's his wish or whatever it was. But one thing that I noticed that was really cool in the beginning was the the ceiling of that room that they're in. It looks just like the starting position of the original cube mm-hmm. from the first movie. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool symbolism right there. Right. It's yeah, like, it's like he's in his own cube. Which I started to like look at his house later on in the movie. I was like, this looks like a cube that he built around his house. Yeah. But it was just a cage really to trap all those entities. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's also what I appreciate about this new movie is like when the puzzle box is used to open up this new dimension and allow these Cenobites in, um, they kind of like restructure and reshape the environment, which I thought was really neat. It reminded me of the Dr. Strange movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that's a great That's a great thing to have um, if the puzzle box is a theme, and obviously not something you can really easily do in 1987. My problem was this movie was much more like about the Cenobites and about the box itself, that I didn't care about any of the characters. True, true. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty bland. They're they're like, forgettable. They're like teenage slasher movie characters. Yes. And they're basically just like set up to be killed. But. This movie didn't like it didn't feel like a slasher movie per right. se.
2: You wanna know what I feel like it felt like? Because I didn't like any I liked one character.
0: Please say what I, I, liked, I think you're gonna say. I like it feels like something to oh, me, but please <laughs> tell me. <laughs> All right, Over I, on liked, same page. I liked
2: one character. It was the main character's brother. I felt like he was the only oh, sane person yeah. in the entire movie. And to me the one that was killed? The one that was killed first. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, the movie felt like a mix between your typical horror movie and euphoria yeah and the main mm-hmm. character to me felt a lot like rue in euphoria i fucking hate that character so much
0: <laughs> she's great no
2: rue sucks and rue is i wanted come on here's the thing after i saw the first two episodes of euphoria i'm like i hope that this girl ods in the next bro episode. <laughs> holy shit like piece of shit human
0: <laughs>
1: what
2: yeah and that's how I see... She's complicated, okay? No, she's... <laughs> Anyways, the main character in Hellraiser I see as Rue 2.0 in a oh. horror movie. And I'm just like, I yeah, Rue in a horror movie. this character I, so much.
1: I kind of get it. um, And that's where this movie feels muddy to me. It's like, it, it kind of solves the problem of the first one. Like, whose story is this? It's like, you know, it's going to be Riley. Like, it's told from her point of view, like, fine. But it lacks that kind of central theme to everything where they set her up as this addict um rue right but then they don't really do anything with it it's more just like for one scene yeah and i thought like oh is she going to is this puzzle box going to be the like new addiction new like object of her desire because you could do a lot with that yeah where you know she's just kind of curious with it and plays with it and oh it's you know horrible but it's as attractive as it is repelling Mm -hmm. much like BDSM. and uh she like keeps having to give into it more and more they didn't go that direction it's more like she she was just tricked and that's right kind of where you know i had no sympathy for any of the characters because like they keep having to make stupid decisions to keep being tricked i feel like she wasn't really tricked i felt like she was just stupid
0: well, she didn't know what it was. Yeah. Oh, true. It's just like you have this fantastical device that's just dropped into, like, for example, the cast of Euphoria, and then they find mm-hmm. the pinhead box. And it's kind of like that's the whole premise. <laughs> that, that's exactly what's going to happen yeah. when Sydney Sweeney gets the puzzle box and she does the little configuration. She gets her tits chopped off. <laughs> yeah. But it's just you know like the, You know what the new one felt to me? I was watching, I'm like, I've seen a movie like this before. 13 Ghosts. 13 mm. ghosts you, I know Pete mm. you remember 13 that's ghosts. an oldie do you know 13 ghosts I've not seen that it's like the same fucking thing <laughs> yeah it's, it's basically you <laughs> got, got the mansion that yep. has 13 ghosts oh my it's the same god ghost, trapped in there yeah. I'm like oh my god and each one's different <laughs> oh my god just like with the Cenobites are all different and I'm like mm, kind of like it's a cabin like, in
1: the woods kind of thing
0: but like less fun um it's definitely not cabin because cabin in the woods is like manufactured well you know i think 13, you're onto something because 13 ghosts i feel like like
2: horror genre fans whether you're into it or not so into it for casual the horror genre everyone forgets about 13 ghosts it's a mm. great movie it's yeah it's an oldie definitely slept for out. us for us it's an oldie but um I yeah i can i
0: now i definitely see the formula being copied yeah, you're too young for Thirteen Ghosts, Aaron, oh, because I was in like sixth grade, so you would have been like <laughs> so this is what early 2000s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm, okay. so it was like 2002, three. It was that fun yeah. time
2: when horror was like coming out of the slasher mo- uh, movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you still had Scream in like the 90s and stuff, but horror was trying to like re-identify what
1: it was. Yeah, and you had Saw, you had Paranormal Activity, like a lot of body horror. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, to me, this felt like it was doing the same thing that the Evil Dead reboot did. I didn't even bother watching that. I was like, yeah. I feel like
0: it's a sin to watch this movie.
1: Yeah, I because they're it. they're trying to... Don't watch. Well, what they're trying to do is take these old IPs and like update them for a modern audience. And in the case of Evil Dead, it's like it's kind of fine on its own, mm-hmm. but it very much just misses the point of the first movie in that kind of singular creative vision that you get with someone like Sam Raimi who has just like a very distinct style to it. And they're like repackaging that to something else for a different audience, a general audience. Yeah. Which I think is fine. Like if, if you're a, if you're a hip Gen Zer listening to this podcast, um, and this movie would be a decent introduction to Hellraiser, I think. Um, yeah. Where you might otherwise not give a shit. Uh, I just think it misses the, the the clarity and the tone and focus of the first one. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely... I feel like I should have watched the new one first and then watched the first one. But I think mm. if
0: you saw the new one first and you go back to the original, you will be like... Yeah, you would have the context of everything, I could but see, you'd be yeah, like, I'd rather too. watch something else. Yeah, I, I, I
2: get that. Oh, no, I just I just did not like the first one mm. <laughs> at all. I'm biased. That's fair. I was disappointed. But, like, yes, I, I, was, did, I was more disappointed than anything.
0: I did fully enjoy. There was, a, there was one moment where I was like, this movie is gold. And then <laughs> it went away quickly. Wait, the first one? The first the new one? one. The first one. Mm-hmm. And what, what part? I'll tell you the part. So, like, it's when she is reunited with her old flame, and he's like, let me touch you. And he's like, like skin and bones and like flesh. Yeah. And it's rotten. And it's like
1: disgusting. He looks like an anatomy figure. Yeah. Like oh, the muscle yeah.
2: man. Yeah. <laughs> I will say those special effects I was cool with in the first one. But even beyond that,
1: yeah,
0: here's the golden moment mm-hmm. when he was like, I need more blood. So then she goes, picks up a dude, mm-hmm. brings him back. And it was at that moment I was like, oh, she has to kill people. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah. And then. The pacing was off, the editing. Everything was fell off. apart. I was like, oh, just for that golden moment, I was like, oh, my God, she's going to be a serial killer. She's yep. luring people. She yep. is the villain. Mm-hmm. Right then and there. I was like, oh, my God, this movie is incredible. It's a great premise. My, my hopes are dashed. Mm. It's a great premise. I just wonder if they remade that today. It would work. I'm telling you,
1: it would oh, work. Yeah, because yeah, it's a very fucked up situation. Um, which I think people can, I don't know. It was relatable. I was, I was thinking to myself, like if I was this lady and I really wanted to like resurrect this person that I'm smitten with, like, yeah. would I go that far to kill people? And if I had to do that, like, what would that be like? It's like, that's good. Um, I was really surprised that, uh, David S. Goyer wrote the new one. What did he do, Aaron? All the, all the Nolan Batman films. Really? Yeah. He wrote the screenplay for all of them. Wow. I did not know
0: that. He must have needed a paycheck.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this very much felt like Hulu was like, What properties do we have? What do we got? The yeah. Hellraiser movie? Okay, who can we get for that? David Esquire, you want a million dollars? Here you go. And then we'll squirt it out on Hulu and I will say I
2: did like the style of the Hulu. Oh, version cinematography was on yes, point it i thought was it was beautiful i thought it was fantastic i yeah. couldn't see anything it was so dark <laughs> it, was, it was dark it was dark and i
0: had my brightness all the way i up. made the yeah. mistake. In a dark room and i was like what the fuck is going
2: on yeah. i made the mistake of watching it during the day oh no <laughs> and, like, i
0: can't see anything even with the yeah, blind shut yeah, yeah. yeah i was like i
2: can't see shit yeah and it's was like, so oh, dark and murky gosh, i yeah. hate that it's such
1: a beautiful day i can't
2: see my tv and that's how the handmaid's tale is as well
1: handmaid's tale is super dark the new one low light cameras were a mistake
2: yeah, it's just, like, the I don't know why they purposely edited these things, like, super, like, muted and dark. And I'm just like, come on, I just
0: want to so see it. works it. So for, you like... you can make out in the movie
1: theater. Yeah, true that. <laughs> but this wasn't
0: released in the movie theater. Oh, okay. Shut up. All right. <laughs> make out at home. Let me have this.
2: Let me make out of my couch.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, like, but even, like, the correctly lit scenes mm-hmm. were beautiful to see. Like, the oh, cinematography totally. was fantastic and why i say the first one was like a lifetime movie was like there's this i know it's the 80s there's this haze yeah yellow, yellowy, <laughs> everything's flat nothing like it's that in the attic so, yes yeah, and that, that was like a horror movie.
1: There's that, like one shot of frank where he's still like mostly like rotted away yeah um and it's just like it's like completely dark and you just have like rim lighting on on his face and it's like oh it's gorgeous yes and but then you have like, and then you have them like trying to move the mattress up the stairs, and it's like this looks so dull. Oh, yeah. Or yep. like the scene where she's in like a mall and, picking and that's up people. Yeah. And, <laughs> like... and that, that's
2: why I get the whole like eighties porno like. That's fair film style. But, or was that, were you or, ready or, to see some bush? Or is that just the eighties? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm willing to bet that it's just low budget. Low budget. It's, it's low budget. It's his directorial directorial debut. So mm-hmm. like, I'm willing to. I'm willing to go easy on Probably it. Probably did some yeah. TV. It felt like a TV movie. Yeah, it
0: did.
2: It did feel like Lifetime. You <laughs> you hit that on the head. It's like it's like a Lifetime movie.
1: Lifetime horror movie. If
2: there was a Lifetime horror channel, yes, I it's would watch called that. Lifetime. It's called Lifetime because everything's basically a thriller. Yeah. yeah. See,
1: <laughs> see, now I just want to watch the sequels to, to Hellraiser because I'm like, what I don't. If they did I mean, this does it with get a better? better budget? Does
2: it get better with uh, time?
1: I, I've heard. It,
2: or is it just like a I've only I can wreck? only.
1: I can only say, like, what I've heard, but I've heard, like, none of the sequels are as good as the first, and they're just kind of, like, all over the place as far as, like, quality and tone and all that. Um, But I'm curious to see, like, what they would do with a bigger budget um, and still, like, back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I might be pleasantly surprised. I don't know. Maybe. And do you think Pinhead becomes the villain? (laughs) Uh, From what I've heard, yeah, the motivations of the Cenobites are kind of all over the place. Okay. Like, in the original, they're very much, like, amoral, just, like, they're, like, acting according to laws. Yeah. Um. And at some point, they basically turn evil, and they're just, like, looking to kill people for the sake of pain, I guess. And pleasure. And Yeah, and that's kind of what I got with yeah. this modern one, is, like, they're basically just trying to, like get people and I felt and like they're hurt them and kill thirsty
2: him. for like a
0: blood sacrifice that's what it really felt like yeah like like, that's what I was waiting for yeah. <laughs> the whole time like yeah. in the first movie where Pinhead comes in his Cenobites I was like the Hellraiser is here yeah <laughs> finally and then the he speaks part of the whole movie yeah and then he
2: speaks and then you're like wait I didn't expect that to sound like that yeah he's like he's like i am the leader no one can escape i'm like what the what (laughs) i will tear your
0: soul apart yeah Yeah. you didn't expect you didn't expect i just i
2: don't know i kind of want him to
1: do not have a fear of menacing british men
2: (laughs) i think that's why i just didn't like it It's a Mm. british horror movie so
1: yeah there's that layer on top too where um i'm glad you brought that up because it's filmed in london um you can even see like uh what's it called battersea power station like off in the distance during one of the opening shots. And then the studio's like, can we make it more American? Yeah. And so they like dubbed over a lot of the actors. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah. Frank has two credits.
2: The only American thing oh. that I really picked up on was the husband. He was like, well, how about we just move back to New York? You know, blah, blah. And like, hold on. Yeah. I think like, that was 80 yard. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I could be wrong, but he kind of had like a like a mid-Atlantic accent. Mm-hmm. Kirstie, they've even bothered. They're just she's she's American mm-hmm. and like Julia's British and like everybody else. Yeah, they they dubbed over Frank. So he's like from New York, I guess. Come on, honey. Let's go back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit strange and uneven. I'm I'm not claiming this is like a perfect movie or anything, but. I felt it was much stronger than the reboot. they but... took forever getting that mattress up those stairs, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it was
0: three stuck. men like
2: oh, hold up I can't so do one it. one thing that I noticed in the house layout, yeah, not related to this movie at all. the house layout is eerily similar to
0: American horror story. no, Oh, shit. <laughs> no, the grudge, oh, okay. I haven't seen The Grudge in like 15 years. Yes. So the entire like staircase
2: scene where like the ghost boy is mm, basically oh, talking yeah. to her at the bottom of the through stairs. The, through the rafters. Through the, through the rails. Yeah. Of yeah. The banister. Um, Toshiba. Nagasaki. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. What scary movie was that? Four? Was that four? It wasn't three, it was four. That was, that was one of the
1: best like parodies. <laughs> I loved that one. <laughs> Mitsubishi.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just throwing out different,
1: yeah. Well, here's how low-budget it was. They filmed in an actual house. Like, the attic was a set, mm-hmm. but they just had to, like, film on location. And so yeah. they're like, eh, weird stairs, whatever.
2: Right. They're it, it, it looked just like the house from The Grudge. Like, the, the foyer staircase, ever, like, to a T. And I was like, no oh, shit, maybe it's the same set. Or, there you go, same house. Okay. But, um... The one thing that kind of threw me off with the new one versus the old one, I took the old one as the only reason why Frank was able to come back originally was because he shared the same blood as, as his brother. And his brother tore his hand open, which spilled the blood, yeah. blah, blah. Blood,
0: uh, I'm yeah. going to faint. And it's
2: like, oh, because he shares the same blood. He's able to come back. So I was thinking mm-hmm. that Rue 2.0 in this new one yeah. had to spill her blood for her brother to come back. Right. Yeah. I, I See, that really, would have been interesting. But then they just started but fucking killing everyone. So. I
0: really loved that inverse that the new one did. It's like there's through lines from the original film, but like a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that it wasn't like an ex-lover. It was like her brother. So it's like yeah. there's more legit uh, inclination and motivation to get your brother back that mm-hmm. died. Instead of like, this is my ex-boyfriend. Fuck yeah. my husband. But I, the, want, I want my old yeah. man back.
2: The, the two things that tied together that I appreciated in the new one was when her brother kicks her out of his house and her brother's boyfriend's outside smoking and he's like, don't leave, you're going to regret it, blah, blah. At the very end, his boyfriend and her are the only one that survive the entire movie anyways and she chooses the initial starting phase of the block and Pinhead is like, you're going to live a life of regret mm-hmm. blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, that's nice. They actually tied this yeah, together. That, that was
0: nice. I connected the dots on that. And I mean, it was small, but the movie stuck the landing in my opinion. That was like my favorite part was the end. I was like, Same. it was, was like, and where are they going? And mm-hmm. then that whole scene happened. I was like, hell it's yeah. A, it's a yeah. different kind of pain. I yes. thought it
2: was kind of cool that she called them out on their shit. She's like, I've seen your gifts and I don't want them. Yeah. I'm like, Okay, yeah. I wish I could say that during Christmas, like
0: <laughs> you know, like I've seen what you can give, and yeah. I don't want
1: it. I just didn't buy that she actually cared about her brother. Like it, like they didn't even. It didn't even seem like they liked each other Do at all. Do you think if they sacrificed some of the exposition for more character developments, you yes. would have cared more? Yeah, because they kind of set these people up like they're slasher movie victims, where yeah. it's like they're all one dimensional. They all have their thing that like sets them apart. I'm the nerd. And then that's it. I'm the sports guy. Yeah. I'm the druggie. (laughs) Oh no. Did you hear us fucking? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's kind of all that they go from there. So it's like, that's fine if you're doing a movie that's a slasher and it's just focused on the kills and you don't need all that character development. But we didn't even get much of that per se. It wasn't about that. It became about this box and the mystery behind it. And then it's like, okay, how does that tie in with, uh, with, I almost said Rue, Riley and her addiction. (laughs) And that's where it got muddled for me. It's about like three or four different things. And the kind of one dimensional characters would have worked if it, if this was just like a splatter movie. And it's just like, yeah, have it be about the Cenobites, just fucking people up. That would be fine. Or... You sacrifice some of that, give some more character development, and it's really about, like, the characters and their story, and the horror elements are just, like, a part of that, then I think that would have worked a lot better for me. When it's trying to do, like, three or four things at a time, that's where it gets, like, muddy and kind of, I lose interest.
2: Yeah. The one the one thing that I thought was really cool was that the Cenobites themselves can be used in a stage of the cube. Yeah. And that was cool. They take one of the classic Cenobites with like the teeth like cheddar.
1: Yeah. The cheddar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's creepy. And
2: that dude just gets ripped apart and he's like, I'm gonna get ripped apart. Okay, I accept it. And yeah. boom. And oh shit. I no one saw that coming. I,
0: I didn't like, see that's,
1: that coming. That's pretty sweet. I was like, it could work like that. that. pretty neat. Yeah. That was pretty neat. Yeah. That's something new. Yeah. And, and that's that's ultimately what I got out of this movie. It's like, it, it, it felt like they, a fresh coat of paint, but they didn't really change anything they didn't really bring anything new, they didn't sand down
2: the wall before they painted, yeah. They just went right over it.
1: It's like it's great that they have like a gay relationship in there that's not like made a big deal of or like played for yucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they have a, a a trans actor in there, cool little really uh, factoid though, yeah. The uh Ooh. uh pinhead, she's trans, she's trans? Mm-hmm. really,
2: to know that, yeah. But the brother, what? One, fooled you. One cool <laughs> factoid of the brother, so Brandon Flynn who got his huge break on 13 Reasons Why. Okay. He's one of 13 the... Ghosts, <laughs> yeah. oh, 13 Ghosts Why? 13 Ghosts Why. Okay. So he played a a jock in that TV series, if you guys have ever watched that series. Mm-hmm. And after that series, he said that he will no longer... So he's gay, openly, and he said that he will no longer accept a role of playing a straight male. Mm-hmm. And I oh, hold on. I think it was him that said that I want to say it was because I heard that from one of the actors in one of those Netflix shows. Okay. And I was like, that's, that's kind of cool. You stand your ground and, yeah. you know, be true to yourself and play that on the screen. So I think that's why it was just put in there just like so seamlessly. And I was hmm. like, hell yeah, Brandon. I love Brandon Flynn too. Huge
0: fan of his. I respect that. Like that's the way to go. But also, isn't that the point of acting? To be someone else. To be a ball of clay. Yeah. It's like he can... To some. To some. If he can portray a straight man. But also, how many
2: actors are the same in every single movie?
1: And I guess the argument would go like, if you have the choice between... If you have a character who's like an underrepresented demographic, yeah, and you have the choice between casting someone who is that underrepresented demographic, and someone who... Uh, is not but can like chameleon into that Mm -hmm. then might be more worthwhile to get someone who actually does represent that demographic and then you have
2: someone who's like super ambiguous like vin diesel
1: yeah (laughs) you know
2: (laughs) is he white is he black
1: (laughs) the rock too the rock too yeah or um cassie nandor well he's he's latino Mm -hmm. yeah but he's he's also ethnically ambiguous yes I guess you don't really. Know. He's Mexican, right? He's he's been cast in many different nationalities.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was in Narcos, which I thought he played a fantastic.
0: I forget who he played in that, but kind of the same with uh, Pedro Pascal. You know, oh my, I was thinking Pedro Pascal because he's Mexican. I think we're trending into
2: <laughs> just ambiguity going forward. Yeah, we're Sign all going to be up. a
1: light tan, <laughs> light tan. Yeah, nice golden brown. Yes, I we'll just need to interbreed until we're all coffee colored. Yes. Maybe, um, maybe not
2: you. You'll probably just be yeah. White still, right. my, <laughs> my beautiful Polish skin. Armand um, and I will have that nice tan. Yeah, yeah. You and I have built-in tan. Built-in <laughs> tan.
1: Um, speaking of which, the Cenobites looked like way more androgynous in the new one. Mm-hmm. I appreciate than that. even the old one. I'm like, I thought that was
2: really cool. Because the cool. old
1: one, I was like, yeah. I get it, man. BDSM in the 1980s, right, <laughs> right, everywhere. But like yeah. with this, they looked very otherworldly, yeah. almost alien. And I really appreciated that. They're like clothing, like, is their skin just like cut and tucked away in different ways? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like the one Cenobite the
2: one that actually made me laugh was in the first one, the original. The dude looked like a real life Patrick Star. Yeah. You <laughs> talking about? Like he looked just <laughs> the like the uh, yeah. Butterball. Is that his name? Butterball? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But he looked just like a real life Patrick Starr yeah. from SpongeBob if, he, if Patrick Starr was real
1: and life size. I like the design of the chatterer in the original one, mm-hmm. where you have like a bunch of fish hooks just like pulling like, yeah. the skin back. Yep. It's like, ooh, that's fucked up. And then in the new one, was it just like his like face
2: was like pulled back or like something like that?
1: Is I mean, his teeth I'd were be showing? able to tell if they like turned some lights on.
2: Yeah, true.
1: <laughs> true. <laughs> it's like this is the best part of the movie. Why are you like putting it in shadow and like blurring it out to and make everything? It more yeah. creepy. Oh my god.
2: Yeah, but yeah, the Cenobites looked fucking badass in this one. Yeah. And I was cool with,
1: I was cool with that.
0: And then with Pinhead, I didn't know she was trans. Yeah, I think that adds to the Wasn't androgyny her? of it. Because uh, I'm gonna look her Jamie, up. Jamie, right I did not know Jamie Clayton. I wonder if I can just like search. And pinhead. I'm gonna be upfront with you, uh, Pete. You probably know this, but like when I was watching Euphoria for the mm-hmm. first time, I didn't know uh, Jules was trans.
2: So a few, oh. a few of my friends, I just thought were the she was the same a way.
0: A few of my friends are the
2: same way, and one of them in particular, I'm not gonna say his name, but <laughs> biological, girls, um, I should say. He was like, "Dude, Jules is pretty hot, man." I'm like, "I understand where you're coming from, but did you not see that bulge?"
0: I didn't see like, the bulge. You didn't see
2: the bulge? Oh. yeah. some girls have bulges and down like, there. And like his eyes. Lady Gaga, his <laughs> eyes, had a his, his eyes like point. popped out a bit of his, a fupa. <laughs>
1: All
2: right, the, the whole Lady Gaga thing was
0: something that she orchestrated. Okay. <laughs> like, That's hilarious actually. Yeah. She put a sock in her panties. Yeah. Maybe no. I'm a hermaphrodite. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> goodness.
2: Remember when people thought, like, Sierra was a hermaphrodite? and like Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Jamie really? Lee Curtis. That, that was Sigourney a Ernie Weaver. That was an urban legend for a while, yeah. So many urban legends. All the masculine women of the 80s. Should we? are like, they, they have dicks.
2: Should we do, because it is Halloween. What? Should we do a roundtable of the urban legend movies?
1: Oh. Urban legend movies. Have you seen those? What's that? From the 90s? What's that? The movie is called Urban Legend. It's cheap and it's schlocky, but it's very entertaining. It where sounds
0: familiar.
2: There's think, a bunch of kills. I think Freddy like, Place Jr. is in one of them, like the original. <laughs> like we're talking like pure 90s oh, oh, yeah. horror movies, like things that you actually went to the I, theater and made out in. I
0: don't
1: remember. It's pure schlock, but it's just like, it's kind of like Final Destination, but all the situations are based on Urban Legends. Really? Yeah.
2: Oh shit. Yeah. Jamie Clayton. I did not know that was her in. I didn't either. I, oh my gosh. So I looked her up. She's a badass. She is What, a what else badass. is she in? She's in Sensate. You ever see that show on Netflix? Oh. All right. So she plays a, well, okay. She plays trans because she's trans, but she is a badass in this show called Sensate. It got canceled on Netflix. I think there were like three seasons or four seasons of it. Mm-hmm. It'll rock your socks. It is so cool.
0: Okay. Yeah. Man, when it came out, this guy was going crazy. <laughs> yep. He was like, I'm watching this show. It's called Sensate. I'm like, have you heard of the OA? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah same I love the OA
2: but um, was great. same thing with like the Saw movies I was like dude gotta go see Saw 5 man <laughs> mm-hmm. everyone's like what the fuck's wrong with you
1: yeah so it's like great that they have more representation we should continue to do that Yeah, I just wish that they like did something new uh, with to, the story yeah to advance it more in they, something different than
0: what we already have we haven't seen the other ones but I really like the ending of this where it just leaves you with something.
1: Yeah. It that leaves, was
0: good. It leaves you with something. It's like she lost her brother. She had the ability to bring him back. Yeah. And she chose not to. She's like, no. Well, she didn't, it. though. It's not going to be the same. She didn't.
2: It wasn't a true bring back.
0: Resurrection. Because
1: it's probably going to be some monkey's paw. Bubble. Yeah, Right.
2: It was going to be some like, weird fucked up shit and because not to they that. tempted her with it. And they're like, you can have this. But she already knew it was not going to be one-to-one. That's what it was. And she's like, fuck it. I'm just going to stay boring. You know, (laughs) The
0: better off dead. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sometimes dead is better. That's right. And she chose that. And I was like, oh, that's so powerful. Poor Brandon Flynn. (laughs) (laughs) He did not
2: deserve that death. Same way he did not deserve to die in 13 Reasons Why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was fucked. Like, have you guys seen that show? No. Spoilers. Dude dies from AIDS in that show. I'm, I'm just like. But like the
0: worst AIDS. possible way. Oh no! You mean AIDS? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And like he, it's like the worst possible way I've seen a character die in something. How do he die? Spilled. He just gets really fucking sick and dies. Yeah, it's AIDS. A cruel, agonizing, yeah. slow but death. But it's an agonizing death. That's yeah. AIDS. And it is just like heart wrenching. I mean, is, the ser- <laughs> the series in itself is heart wrenching in yeah. its own right. But then so many people in. Like, the community of actors and everything in terms of, like, cinema and TV, yeah. a bunch of people, like, were pissed off as to how this character was killed in the series finale. And I'm just like, I'm right there with you guys from AIDS. Dude did not that. deserve this at all.
1: Is it is that the series about the girl who kills herself and then, like... Has tapes and blaming certain yeah, people. And yeah, and, like, haunts people doesn't From haunt people. The gr- oh. No,
2: she has a series of tapes, and there's 13 tapes, and she's saying why posts. these 13 people drove her to kill herself. Okay. That's fucked up. It's heart-wrenching, man. How
0: are there multiple seasons? The back, the story, man. 13 more she reasons has, why. She has more tapes. Are there new girls?
2: Hey, it's high school drama. A
0: lot of shit. Dude,
2: I recommend this show. Okay. I mean, it's it's like a one and done, because there, there's some shit that goes on in that show. that is it
0: better than you? Oh, I'm not going to ask you.
2: Dude, it, it's heavy,
0: man. You like, can't beat Euphoria. Euphoria sucks. That, no, no, it does not. <laughs> All right, I like Euphoria. I hate Rue. I feel like... Why do you hate Rue? I feel like... Oh, man. If Rue we, is... God. I, I cried over her character multiple times, especially in season one. Never once did I ever... You never cried during about, about Rue. No, I actually hope that she OD'd
2: on the third episode. <laughs> Holy fuck! Like, bro, I'm like, give me a new character. This person sucks. <laughs> as a human, this person sucks, bro. <laughs> you know, you know that she sucks as a human, bro. Man, come on,
0: man, you gotta watch the show, man, man, man. No, it's so good, man. Aaron, I know you didn't see Euphoria.
2: I like Euphoria. No, you gotta watch everything it about Euphoria. I know you're not love, gonna watch it because I told you. To uh, watch uh, it. yeah. Here's the thing. If you can take Rue out of the show, it's great. Like the <laughs> Who scenes? would you have instead
0: of Rue?
2: Um, ashtray. Riley.
0: Those are supporting characters.
2: We need an Ashtray Rue, show. He's dead.
0: I know. R.I.P. Probably one of the best characters in that show. Okay. Back to Hellraiser. Yep. So, I really like the ending because she chose not to bring back her brother. And it's like, oh, Pinhead was like, you will have the pain. And the regrets. And you'll carry that for the rest of your life. And then they disappear. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like.
1: That was great. That Which means yeah.
0: she'll probably go, you know, abuse more pills later on. But, yeah. Because she's rude. But she has to carry that suffering. Because, like, the Cenobites and Pinhead understand suffering. And it's like, you chose this? Yep. Okay. We're cool with that. Yep. And ultimately, that's what life is all about. How you carry you're suffering. All these people tried to get out of it with like the puzzle box and summoning the Leviathan and they found a new form of suffering, but Mm -hmm. it's like you were meant to suffer in this life and they go on to the next life. Yep. And that's why the shortcut
2: out. And that's why the first formulation of the box is called life.
0: Mm. -hmm. She chose life Mm -hmm. element configuration. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was like, all right, this elevates the movie. You want to dissect the final scene?
2: of the dude um what's his name Voight? Uh, yeah, Voight Voight
1: getting dissected
2: No basically becoming like a Christ figure
1: Yeah he becomes a Cenobite
2: Yeah cuz yeah, that but symbol in, was on Pinhead's uh collar Trichea. something yeah That was kind of cool like they had I those like like the oh. like, coins you know on their throat Yeah oh, yeah Yeah he became dope. one of those So he became a Cenobite? He became I'm a Cenobite sure. yeah okay. but in the way that he was exited out Didn't that not look like Jesus on the cross? Uh, Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's pretty
0: obvious. Yeah. It's a pretty obvious Christ imagery.
1: (laughs) It's a classic man of steel reference.
0: Yes. It's the, you know, the, what was that? The crucifixion of Joan of Arc. Uh, The passion of Joan of Arc. Passion of Joan of Arc. It's everywhere, man. Passion of the Christ. (laughs) Passion of the Christ. Volume two. That is the, probably the most Christ imagery you'll have. Is that a throwback to the Silent Hill episode we did? Pretty, no. I'm pretty sure I brought up Joan of Arc. You did. But it's also an alien of all franchises too.
1: Yeah. As she's going into the lava. Yeah, Alien Three. Yes.
0: What are you talking about?
1: Alien Three. She does like a um like a backflip dive into a pool of lava. Oh. And she's yeah. got, got like her head buzzed and she's like in the Jesus. That's my configuration. favorite
2: version of her. <laughs> really? Yeah. The buzzed head. Yep.
1: I, I like Alien
2: Three. It's not I like the entire franchise. It's not a great movie, but I like it. I'm cool with them all. Like aliens. So going, going. Badass, so this, this has me thinking of something else. With, um, his name is Dick Voigt or Richard Voight. Richard Voight. His mansion has this cage around it, and it configures in all these different combinations. Yeah. You were talking about something else earlier about all of that. Uh-huh. I immediately started thinking of Alien vs. Predator, and how the pyramid in that movie is always changing, mm. and it's like a maze within itself. Yeah. It's
0: not related. It's nothing close to that. But it just was in my head. Yeah, it's a motif that's weirdly recurring in movies, trapping monsters and having either people trapped in there with them. The Minotaur yes. in the labyrinth. Yes, exactly. It's like this retelling of that story over and over and over. Thirteen it's a ghosts. classic. Yeah. Thirteen Cabin ghosts. in the Woods. I like Cabin in the Woods. I'm a fan. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else we missed with these two movies? Mm.
1: i laughed when riley was like running with the with the box that she's gonna like stab one of the bites with yeah and she just like biffs it into a column and drops it <laughs> oh yeah like this is the stupidest thing where's ever. the box i can't find <laughs> the
0: box
1: a lot of yelling good acting there are a couple other times well, they're, yelling, they're teenagers they're teenagers, <laughs> they're teenagers yeah.
2: right so
1: a couple okay. other times i laughed out loud but that's the one that stuck out to me let's get off
0: the fence which movie is better, Hellraiser 1987 or Hellraiser 2022?
2: I'm biased. I'm saying 2022.
1: Okay, Aaron. Glad to see we've changed our minds because I'm sticking to my guns with number one.
2: <laughs> For the story, number one. Oh, fuck. For the actual cinematography, the current one. Ah,
0: uh, this is so hard. I'm torn. I am torn by fish hooks <laughs> between the two <laughs> movies. Which one to choose? <laughs> uh. Also,
2: can we talk about how, like, Chains like the with one. hooks literally come out of anywhere. <laughs>
0: oh yeah! Like, come on now! <laughs> like, they're demons. It doesn't matter. They're not demons. Okay, they're spiritual entities. They could conjure things from another dimension, from beyond. Yeah. They're
2: just conjuring <laughs> things from everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. And they just I, go to where they need to go. And what I liked in the second movie is that the chains. If you're if you did not interact with the box, you don't see the chains because in the beginning, in the cold open. Dude was getting chained yep, oh, yeah. and he didn't see the chains. Yeah. And I'm like, he didn't see the chains. No, someone else, I think someone observing didn't see the chains. I think it was Voight or something. And I was like,
2: Fuck but me. how do we know that he didn't see the chains?
0: Maybe it was just the way I was watching the movie. I didn't see like, cause he was being dragged, but it seemed like he was being dragged by nothing. Or While the, in his point of view,
2: or, it was a chain or the screen was too dark and you couldn't <laughs> see the actual chain. I, maybe
1: so the forgot, darkness made I it thought, better so, maybe the VFX team like well, forgot to turn that layer on well, here, yeah. here's the thing
2: so so void when he is sacrificing that last sacrifice that, that young kid Yeah. Um. later in the movie here's the thing I know that he can see the chains because at the very end he has the whole house cage configured so that they can't attack him and he's like your chains can't touch me so, oh. so he's able to see them
1: Myth busted.
0: Uh, so I thought it was better than it actually was. Yeah. Yep. Maybe I like the first movie better now. <laughs> That's what happens
2: when it's straight to Hulu. So
0: yeah. It was a Hulu movie. It, it was Hulu presents a Hulu movie. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Right in the beginning, I was like, oh. this is weird. Well,
2: here's, the thing, here's the thing. Hulu's doing a pretty solid job. Prey. Prey was good. Oh, yeah. That was a Hulu film. Hellraiser, I'm cool with. Like, if it was just What's Hellraiser. next? Oh, man. That's what I'm curious about. Like, what do they have the rights to? Trick or treat. Two. Oh goodness!
0: <laughs> that first one's great. Maybe Jordan Peele's next movie is going to be a Hulu movie. Jeepers creepers.
2: So there is a new Jeepers, new Jeepers. Creepers reborn that came out this year. Are oh you my serious? god! Mm-hmm. You're right. i, I was almost, joking. <laughs> I almost watched it last night. to not.
0: You didn't want um, mm-hmm. the Jeep and creeping.
2: Well, I watched Halloween ends, and then I watched something else last night. Halloween ends. Oh, Moonfall. For real.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Moonshot. Moonfall. Moonfall. There's a third
1: moon movie that came out this year. There's Don't Look Up. There's Moonfall, there's Moonshot, and there's something else. Moon. Maybe it's just called Moon. IMDb, help me out here so I don't sound like a buffoon.
0: Okay, well, Aaron's looking that up. Okay. A, a moon buffoon.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so if you were to recommend Hellraiser, which one would you recommend?
2: And why? Well, it depends. If I am recommending it to a horror genre fan yeah. or just like your normal private citizen who just wants to see a scary movie, I would say check out the new one because it has that modern day cinema look feel to it. And then you get some Hellraiser, you know, stuff in there. Yeah. Um, but to someone who is a horror genre fan, like the three of us, yeah. I believe, are, I'll say go for, go, go for the first one. You get the whole foundation of the storyline and who these entities are and everything else. Right. Even though I believe the acting sucks, <laughs> I believe everything about it sucks. Oh, my God. Check out the first one just so you have the foundation. Uh-huh. But then watch the newer one because it's a much better stylized horror movie. Okay.
0: How about you, Aaron? But that's my own personal bias. What was the third moon movie? I don't think I'm going
1: to find it. Okay. Um yeah, I I'm I'm coming at it from a different angle where I like watching movies where I have to like figure things out, put them together. I prefer show don't tell and I don't particularly have a taste for this kind of like new um teen horror genre. Um so for those reasons I'm going to favor the first one over the second one. But if you're the kind of person who just wants to put a scary movie on and don't really care much for the Hellraiser franchise or whatever and you just want something that's maybe like different than what you're used to with horror um yeah give the new movie a shot totally
0: all right
2: yeah I will say if they made this movie without a teenage or a younger adult cast I think it could have been much better yeah like something that's like
0: all these adults fucking like getting you know, lost in this mystery of this box. And Who's whatever. the main demo that they're going after by putting on Hulu, streaming only? I mean, um, everyone watches streaming. High school
2: kids that want to be like Rue and Euphoria?
0: I think they're targeting Gen Z. It's like, let's yeah. introduce Gen Z to Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. When are we going to get a horror movie debuting on TikTok?
2: I mean, TikTok is our, already a horror you movie. Know,
0: <laughs> they're going to do it. They had that platform that fucking failed. <laughs> I forget what I think, Quibi. Where they poured a billion dollars into Quibi and it just failed dead on a rifle. Yeah. They had move like the thing with Quibi was everything was nine by sixteen. Yeah. And weren't they like ten minutes or less? Probably. Something like that. And so it's like, you're not far off, but I don't think they're gonna put a movie on TikTok. That'd be weird. What a TikTok
1: horror film even be like? Shits. Because you have the UI over the movie. This ghost is making me do a dance remix.
2: <laughs> I mean, I personally feel like TikTok is a horror movie.
1: <laughs> do the remix or you die. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what if the next Hulu horror movie is... TikTok? Saw 10. I it wouldn't doubt it. It wouldn't be. It's not going to go to Hulu. Probably, well, as I'm Googling it right now. Okay.
1: My 4 you page is haunted. <laughs> My favorites are different. <laughs> what was that Facebook? Oh, hold up! Horror it's, movie? Called, it's called unfriended.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. I'm mentioning that before TikTok. Unfriended. There's a second one. It's called like dark web or something yeah. like that. Oh no! I, I remember. I got halfway through that and I was like, "This is actually kind of fucking dark, man." You watch that? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. So I, I have. I have a. Uh, You're that guy. I have access to my buddy's Plex account, so there's like everything on there. Yeah. Um, we should, we should totally do like an Episode around the VHS franchise. Have you seen that? Oh,
0: um, I think I saw the first one. There's like, but four I do of like them. that style of filmmaking, dude. It, oh, yeah, that's good.
2: You want some, some scary, remember, weird quarantine? Shit? Do you remember, remember, quarantine? Do you remember? Do you, all right, okay. there's, there's quarantine and there's a movie that quarantine's based off of called Record. I saw record, so record that's called Wreck. Well, yeah, Wreck. Okay, yeah, so Wreck and Quarantine are the same exact movie, really? Yeah, the same exact movie. Okay. Like they're literally the same exact movie. Quarantine was Just good. Just two different names, hmm. um, but yeah. Quarantine. And then you have Rec, Rec One, Rec Two. Yeah. Quarantine One, Quarantine Two. Is I think Rec is actually
0: a Spanish movie. Yeah, it's it's from say, Spain, is
2: Mexico. I think it's from Spain.
0: Anyways, yeah, I remember. Oh, those were the days, man. The mid two thousands. Yep, yep. Anyways, okay. Final question, and then we can wrap this up. Who was a better pinhead? It's it's apples and oranges. I will say I like the yeah. I will say I
2: like the modern day pinhead because it's more of a horror chic, you know, character. Yeah, Whereas good. the pinhead from the first one is just a British dude with <laughs> pins in his head and I'm just like I'm like, okay, the voice it's on, like I've seen these guys before in the club. But here's but here's the thing, here's the thing. Like, yeah, if I'm out real life and the pinhead from twenty twenty two approaches me, I'm fucking frightened. If the mm. one from 1987 approaches me, uh-huh. like, I'm. No, you see that in, like, lower whacker. Like, <laughs> <Laura> Wacker, <laughs> it's not
1: that serious. Yeah. Uh,
0: I've known guys
1: and it's, that look
2: like and it's the original because And it's because of the voice. Like, his voice. What'd you want? A distortion? Yeah, hers was distorted.
0: His was. His was too. His was, like. But it was just. No. Nah. Because it sounded too masculine, too yeah. much like a normal guy. Just, yeah. I am just like that. Yep. But he has pins in his head.
2: <laughs> yeah. But did you also notice that like a bunch of the Cenobites in this new one had pins in them as well? Yeah. 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 I thought that
0: was kind of cool. I-, I liked their design and I liked that they, l- they looked alien. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. They looked otherworldly rather than a bunch of BDSM people. Filet BDSM. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I was thinking? Cause I watched Rick and Morty and there's a Rick and Morty episode with Hellraiser-esque people yeah. that didn't feed on, like, pleasure or pain, but cringe. <laughs> oh, goodness. And, like, uh, I forget his name, uh, the father figure, he was, like, telling these, like, stories and dad jokes and they're, like, laughing at him. They're, like, oh, fun! they turn, like, black.
1: Like, oh, this black glow? <laughs>
0: they're, like, they love me. And, like, Rick Sanchez was, like, they, he doesn't understand. Jerry doesn't understand that they uh, are feeding on cringe <laughs> and he's, like, a buffet. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I would say I like the new one. I like her design. I thought she was she looked creepy as fuck. I feel like Pinhead needs to be like that. Well, Pinhead from the 80s was very. Masculine. Well, I prefer the more androgynous aesthetic with Pinhead. Mm.
1: Well, I only masturbated to one of them. <laughs> the original one. Um, <laughs> I'll let you decide. <laughs> So who would you choose? Man, probably the newer one. Really? Yeah. That's surprising like, from you. I like that and I like that androgynous look more. I think it's more fitting with uh, with the character. Um, at the same time, it, it is a bit apples and oranges because, like, it's just a different time, and um, we we have the benefit of hindsight and being able to compare, but. Um, There's a reason that, you know, that pinhead was on the poster for, like, every Hellraiser movie for years and years and years and years. Because he's cool looking. And and probably one of the reasons why Hellraiser is, like, actually memorable as a franchise now is because of how iconic that design was. So um, the familiarity with it uh, is kind of like a handicap. So is she the
0: upgrade instead of the replacement. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: I mean, I was really hoping for, like, an upgraded Patrick Star in this. <laughs> I was waiting for that because they that brought be the dope. chatter back, and I was right. really hoping for that Patrick Star like, thumb-looking, yeah. ball-sack-looking thing. I like,
1: like the, um... A female Cenobite with, like, the throat torn open, Mm -hmm. I like the original design of that better, and the way that she, like, whispered Mm -hmm. instead of, like, regular speaking. I like the the original one better. But, um, yeah, it's hard to say just because, like, that original pinhead is so iconic. Um, Right.
2: What was really funny in the first one? I'm glad we get both. So, the very end of the first one, when the daughter throws a box in the fire, you Mm -hmm. know? And like that homeless dude transforms oh, yeah. into like this like <laughs> yes. skeleton dragon that eagle was, thing. Yes. Awesome! And, and you're just like, do they just get like fucking bored with this? Like, <laughs>
0: how do we end this movie? Like, how do we just <laughs> fuck it? Yeah, <laughs> fuck
2: it! Like, what's fucking terrifying? Oh, it's a demon dragon that plus out random ass homeless guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually
0: a demon. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was awesome. It just leaves you with something. It's like next time you see a homeless guy, might be a demon, might be a skeleton dragon. All right, shall we close this out? Let's do it. All right. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed it. So we've been talking about Hellraiser, the Hellraiser. Check them both out where they are available. And before we go, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. It was so great to have you. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah. If you want to see and hear me be flayed alive, you can head, o- head on over to uh, WSTR. That's my Star Wars podcast <laughs> um, at WSTR media and wherever fine podcasts are sold. We, uh, Just got done talking to this cosplayer who built like a fully functional and wearable Rancor costume. What? Yeah. Which is. That sounds intense. I want to see that. Um, And with Andor going on, uh, we're we're not doing like the constant drip of Andor for like three months like most podcasts are doing. Yeah. We are talking about them in four episode chunks. So two weeks ago, we talked about Andor episodes one through four. And then pretty soon we're going to be talking about four through eight. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. I still need to watch that. I saw the first episode and I was like,
0: "Oh, this is like Blade Runner. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So awesome. It is
1: so good. It's everything I've wanted in a Star Wars
0: show. Mm, it looks. So, my favorite part in the first episode was like the the scene where the guy is talking to his boss. And it's so fucking yeah. boring, but uh, like Brian I, Cox. Yeah, I just loved. It. I was <laughs> like, "Now this is awesome. This is cinema. So yeah,
1: good. It feels like a movie. Yeah, I was so pleasantly surprised to see Brian Cox in that because um, he plays a character that's very similar to a character he plays in one of the uh, or the like Sharp series of movies. Okay. Old British like Napoleonic Wars nonsense. But yeah, he's a treat. He's also in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Gotta watch that, Aaron. And the Bourne series.
0: Yes. All right. Pete, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. We've been spooking it up and I absolutely love it. You're off the grid still. I'm off the grid. You're off, the, off grid. the grid. I'm off the grid. Well, you're going to come back. Wow. We're going to do all the Saw movies. Wow. And I'm going to tease it. I'm going to tease it right now. We're what, going to do up? National Treasure. Yes,
2: sir. We're going to do a <laughs> National Treasure Roundtable. Yes. Yes, sir, baby.
0: Yes, for next month. Okay. So without further ado, if you want to connect with the show, at Syndicate on Instagram and Letterboxd. And if you want to connect with... Myself, Aaron, other podcasters, other listeners, go to syndicate.com forward slash discord join the Discord server. We'll be talking about this film and others. And until next time, stop that film, spend more time watching. Goodbye.